Hi, my name is Dr. Richard Mills, and you are listening to Talk Sex with Dick. Today, I have a special guest, Damon Jacobs. Hi, Damon. Hi, Richie. So, um, I'm going to give you a little, a little introduction, as I always do. All my guests are superstars, and we really appreciate you coming on the show. So, I like to come. <laughs> that's good. on the show. Everybody needs to. Everybody needs to come. So, uh, Damon is a. Uh, he is licensed here as a licensed marriage and family therapist here in the great state of New York City where he practices. He also is the author of not one, but two books. The first one is um, Absolutely Should Less. That's a good, that's a a great title. And then uh, Rational Relating uh, is his second book. You know, I have a couple books written. They're just sitting up in the Library of Congress. <laughs> the, 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 it's, you know, a side thing. But, yeah. So, uh, Damon is best known for... He is... Uh, he And we're going to talk about this, kind of how you got into this whole movement. Uh, we'll talk about, like, some criticisms of the movement and just to kind of think about like what uh you know how this whole thing uh but what is known as prep right there's lots of uh and prep for the folks back home in indiana this is called pre-exposure prophylactis i screwed that prophylactis um, but you've also been in the New York Times, USA Today, MSNBC, NPR, Vice News, and so many more. And, you know, he was honored to receive the Commissioner Special Recognition Award for his work that he's doing throughout New York State with the Health Department just in 2016 and so we are excited to have you here with us Damon. I'm glad to be here. We are, you know, it's when we okay, so a little backstory. So years I, I've been in that group for it's called Prep Facts mm-hmm. and a Facebook group, yeah. I, you know, I started to hear things about prep three, four years ago, and I went and got in the group because I had seen uh, ads on the subway. There's, you know, if you live in New York City, I always say this, it's not really an ad unless it's been graffitied over, right? With like a a cock in the mouth or, you know, devil's (laughs) ears or whatever, like horns or whatever. Um, And so I started to get more curious about it. And now um, I've been a part of that group. And it's really, it can get very heated very quickly. Mm -hmm. And so there's some moderators. And I've been corrected in the group for saying things. But that's okay, right? This is a part of knowledge and becoming knowledgeable. And I think it's important that we have a discussion and that's great that you're here, you know, um, the folks back. So a little bit about me, I'm from a little town in Indiana called Kokomo, 65,000. And they don't live in New York city. So these are, you know, when I say for the folks back home, it is the folks back home that are sitting there and they do not like they don't have the subway advertisements you know and so it's important that as we're sitting here and we're talking like this is this is great so we're gonna buckle in and we're gonna put the car and drive and we're just gonna go so damon how did you become you are like a prep 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 advocate Yes. <laughs> right. Yeah. 
Well, so I had the uh, lucky accident to be the first person to talk openly in the media about this mm-hmm. back in 2012. Sure. Uh, to be the first person to really say, I'm going to use a daily pill called Travada. Sure. So we need to do, I'm going to stop yeah. and we just educate. So Travada okay. mm-hmm. is also known as PrEP, mm-hmm. which is a pre-exposure. So for folks back home, if you've been, if you were possibly exposed, taking this medication daily can prevent exposure to HIV. Well, let's be clear, because what you just described is actually called PEP, which is post-exposure. If you've been exposed... There sure. are medications. See, this you can is take. why we are having you here up on in the show so we can get <laughs> some corrections. So sure. I'm gonna be the student, you're the teacher. Sure. So pre-exposure prophylaxis follows the line of medical science that someone can be proactive before there's a potential exposure to HIV. Like, uh, and language is important, folks, mm -hmm. right? So as we're looking at it, so this is a medication that you take, Mm -hmm. and you take it once a day, Mm -hmm. and it prevents exposure. Right. Similar to the idea of a woman choosing to use birth control. Sure. And there are some folks out there that need to use birth control, okay? Sure. And this is like a man's form of birth control. It's similar similar in principle. Anybody can take mm-hmm. this medication. This is right. not just a male medication, but it is. Right. It's to protect yourself. It is indicated, right, for any gender mm-hmm. who may be at uh, potential risk of acquiring transmittable HIV in their body. Sure. So someone who could become HIV positive may want to consider whether they want to take this pill in order to prevent that from happening. Wonderful. So, and it's been proven super effective. Yes. And like, but it was originally an HIV medication. Right. So this drug that we're referring to is called Travada. Mm-hmm. And actually, literally a month ago, another drug just got approved for PrEP too, called Discovy. So now there's two. Discovy. And I've seen that in the group being yeah. like, I've seen it being, people have said doctors. Why are they moving them off of Travada onto Discovy? Well... So so we can come back to that, but I just want to make sure. sure people are aware that up until a month ago, mm-hmm. we were using the word PrEP and Travada interchangeably because sure. Travada was the only But now there's a blue pill and HIV. what color is the... It's bluish greenish. A, a, it's greenish bluish. A turquoise. Yeah. A turquoise. turquoise pill. Um, now mm-hmm. we have two. And in the future, when we say the word PrEP, we're going to be referring to an umbrella term like birth control, where it's... Got, we, right now, if I say to you birth control, that could mean so many things. It could mean a pill. It could mean an IUD. It it's mean like if your preference so is Wendy's or McDonald's. Right. You and can say, I'm going to get a burger. And where so do you every get time I go over to the McDonald's, I order two double cheeseburgers, a McChicken with cheese, and a large Dr. Pepper, no ice. But it so doesn't. But a, pre- a cholesterol prevention medication sure. as well. So, <laughs> so, this, so we're now going to refer to prep as universal because there's also a pill in canada is it different it's it's an off-brand of Travada. so outside the united states pretty much Mm -hmm. everywhere else in the united states if people are using prep they're using the generic form of Travada. Mm -hmm. now as you mentioned we now Mm -hmm. have an option that we didn't have until october 3rd of this year like literally three weeks ago four weeks ago. well let us know so there is a new drug that was uh-huh. just approved by the fda sure. called discovy um and you asked earlier why some people are switching well there is some controversy and, and debate about that i like to stick to science and facts so let's stick to the and, science and the this facts. is in the group if you post something and is not a fact or you say should you will get corrected <laughs> you will be fact-checked Mm-hmm. Because, the, you know, I don't know if you noticed, some, but there's not a lot of fact-checking going on on social media. We need fact-checkers. So this group was created in 2013, mm-hmm. so there could at least be one place on social media that anybody could go and learn the facts about PrEP. Now, the facts about Discovy is that it's considered to be non-inferior, meaning exactly the same efficacy sure. as Travada, um, sure. protecting people from HIV. There is no difference in terms of the uh, the protection it offers from HIV. It's the same thing. It is exactly so the same thing So let's say you were taking HIV. Travada. So for, you know, just an education purpose, mm-hmm. your doctor will put you on Travada. Mm-hmm. 
if you request it. It's kind of like the Gardasil vaccine, mm-hmm. right? And hopefully we come up with a a vaccine for HIV. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, that would be great. And that's actually how I learned about PrEP, because I was working in vaccine research um, okay. 10 years ago. I was working with the New York Blood Center. And we are going to get there, because I want to talk about, like, just thoughts about that. But, yes. so... If let's say I'm on Truvada, I uh-huh. take this pill every day uh-huh. and the little blue pill, uh-huh. and then I move to the turquoise pill, uh-huh. then can I just like, is there, you have to do something specific? Like I know with prep, it's like you need to take it seven days before. That's what my doctor told me. Seven days before you can, you know, before you are, like, there's a bubble around you. Okay. So let's just be clear about that. Let's be clear. Let's be clear about that. So in our group, we have, um, as one of the administrators, we have one of the authors of an IPREX study. IPREX was the largest study that looked at how well Truvada protected from What is IPREX? IPREX was the name of the study that told us what we know, the most of what we know about how Truvada Mm -hmm. works to prevent PrEP. Dr. David Glidden is his name, and he has been Dr. very clear. Dr. David Glenn, yes, who is not a sponsor brilliant. of this podcast, but he is the one who was involved in the study. He's one of the many co-authors that you see um, okay. listed as a as a. So it wasn't just research. one guy in a lab by himself. It well, was it was <laughs> like a team of people. There are many many people. Well, because people yeah. make assumptions about like the studies and the things in the studies, and you know, it's you know, it's important that we you know as we're looking at it to kind of look and to say you know who was involved in the study because research supports better than because then we create bias based on our assumptions right Mm -hmm. so dr david glidden from ucsf has told us Mm -hmm. that the cdc is saying seven days Mm -hmm. for anal sex and 20 days for vaginal sex but that's not really based on the medicine and the science. That's sure. based on the estimate of how long it takes to hit the blood cells in the system. Okay. What we know about PrEP is that it works on two levels. Mm-hmm. It does work within the blood, but it also works within the tissue. It works sure. within the vaginal tissue and the rectal tissues. Sure. So what we've since seen... And if you get some gonorrhea up in your anus, folks, there's a, there's a way to treat that, so... Oh, all of them. I'm just making the oh, yeah. funny. Yeah. Okay, so go, so go on. So what we have since seen in the research that has followed IPREX, which came out in 2010, mm-hmm. is that there are many, many studies done that have looked at how effective sure. does Travada work if someone takes it, it, not seven days, but two doses, mm-hmm. anywhere two to 24 hours before mm-hmm. an exposure to HIV, sure. and then continues to take the drug on a continual basis afterwards. Okay. And that research, it's called the IPREX study, uh, no, sorry, um, Ypergay study that came out of France, mm-hmm. and the Prevenir study, and the AMSPREP study, these were mm-hmm. all done in Europe, they have all shown consistently that if you're going to use uh, PrEP for anal sex, it really only needs two solid doses prior to okay. a potential HIV exposure. Okay. But our CDC has yet to acknowledge that science because it was all done in Europe. Well, so the New York State Health Department just yes. recently released a um, released a, a, a that if somebody is undetectable, meaning mm-hmm. that the virus is so low in the system that it's it's impossible to transmit. Right. Mm-hmm. The State Department of Health and the CDC has acknowledged that research. So let's sure. be clear so the people in Indiana really understand what we're saying. The people we're talking back about home. two different things, but they're mm-hmm. the opposite sides of the same mm-hmm. coin, and it's really important. Sure. We're talking about two things. We're talking about PrEP for uh-huh. someone who's HIV negative is sure. greater than 99% effective if it's taken as directed. Sure. At the same time, if someone's living with HIV mm-hmm. and has an undetectable viral load, sure. they cannot medically, sexually, it's impossible to transmit HIV at the time that someone has a suppressed virus in their system. Sure. That's 100%. And the CDC is now lists 100% on their website mm-hmm. as far as this undetectable or what we call U equals U. Right. So what does this and mean? That, that's, uh, see, the thing is, is that we have such an education here in in New York. Like, it's... You know, but in some parts of the United States and even parts of the world, there's just not 
information. Well, this information is not getting out sufficiently into the world at all, especially mm-hmm. not in the United States. So for my international folks, yes. right, th- that listen, this can be helpful if you are in a area where there is limited information. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, I still get letters. I write a column at thebody.com, and I still get letters mm-hmm. from places in the world where people think they can get HIV from a toilet seat or from sharing a fork with somebody. You know, I've shared this before when I was in college back in the early 2000s. I was dating this guy, and I shared this before, and I had a friend who was diagnosed with HIV, and he was like, we need to make sure we wash the dishes extra. Mm -hmm. And that's like the belief. Right. You know, so now we're in... Things like Truvada have been available, right? And now we have the new turquoise pill called... Discovy. Discovy. Uh It's going to take me a moment Uh to get, you know, get that lingo. Because, you know, people will just say Truvada. Uh Right. It's new. I mean, the science and the medicine is evolving every day. There's new regimens. And there's new regimens that are being studied as we see. So there's going to be a lot more to talk about with PrEP in the future. We will have pills. We will have injectables. Possibly a a microbicide gel, which is a fancy way to say lube, that prevents HIV. We're not there yet, but they're they're studying this right now. We have spermicide lube. Spermicide lube. But that doesn't really kill HIV sufficiently. And you know, I talk about lubes. Why do people... like? In my office, as the sex therapist, yes. people will I'll ask them what type of lube they use, and they're like, KY jelly. Yeah. I'm like, girl, there is something better out there besides KY. Well, it's a personal preference, and at least they're using lube. Oh, uh, good. Some guys but are like... Their whole world, I'm like, so where do you get this? Like, where, like uh, They're like, I buy it at the CVS, and I'm like, okay, if you go down the street, there's a... You know, there's wonderful lubes, but don't use flavored lubes in the vagina because it can create a yeast infection. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I love giving out those little yes. facts. You have to yes. remind people because people do not know. Yes. Now, I do want to clarify one thing, though, because when I told you earlier mm-hmm. about the two doses prior to I sex. I love that a clarification. Just, that just pertains to anal sex and rectal sex. That does not pertain to vaginal sex or front hole sex. Say that again. But so th- what I said earlier mm-hmm. about those two doses that we have oh. study after study that has mm-hmm. proven and validated that the World Health Organization and the New York City Department of Health acknowledged mm-hmm. on June 28th this year, right before Gay Pride, is mm-hmm. that the, quote, on-demand dosing Mm-hmm. You take two doses prior to having sex. Sure. That is greater than 99% at preventing HIV for anal sex, for rectal sex. So, only, ladies, not vaginal put sex. your vaginas on lock for seven days. Yeah. And the, so, the, mm-hmm. the medical recommendations, well, the World Health Organization says mm-hmm. seven days for vaginal sex. The CDC says 20 days for vaginal so sex. So, ladies, you know, just. Do a little extra to protect that right. vulva. Okay. Yes. For, or what we mm-hmm. say is for front hole sex, too. Front, because oh, yeah. there are some men who have vaginas. Yes. So we, yes. they prefer often the term front hole sex. So I always want to be as, 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 as the accurate terms, as I the can ter- be. I know. And see, the thing is, is but I do agree, we should not use should. I'll be sitting <laughs> with, or like, you know, I'll sit with patients and I'll be saying this, and I've said this before and I'll say it again. I'll be sitting with them and I'll say something like, you know, you should, and I'm like, <gasps> but hold on. So then I'll back up and I'll say, you know what? I don't like that. So I'll back up and I'll say, what is it, you know, to change it around? I hate the word normal. Oh my God, me too. Yeah, I'm a normal hater. Oh, yes. And that's one, I don't use should, but I do find myself sometimes saying, well, that's kind of normal. And I'm like, I don't like the way that sounds because there is the power in messaging. Oh, my God. So I always tell my clients mm-hmm. that if everybody gave up the word should uh-huh. and normal yes, and monogamy, I'd be out of a sure. job. Or at least if they challenge those terms and really thoughtfully use those terms or choose not to use those terms, I would be out of a job. I would have no work. I'd have to go down and pour coffee at Starbucks because that's all I could do at this point. So I tell them, you know, don't get too happy. Don't don't challenge these things too much. But should normal and monogamy do the most to Mm -hmm. hurt people and lead people to suffer? Well, when I was in a polyamorous relationship in the past, we were, you know, I was using prep. Yeah. Because we were dating guys and, you know, well, that's a whole other story about polyamory and the difficulties, right? It's a... 
you know, it's a whole new world. But the thing is, is that it it is, you know, thank God for prep. Mm-hmm. Thank science for prep. Yeah. <laughs> God didn't have much I mean, to do with that. You know, like, I mean, I... Like Robert Grant. Because he, 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 there was a team mm-hmm. of researchers, but Robert Grant is the name of the person who really spearheaded this and got the funding for this and led this research sure. that we are all benefiting from today. I mean, imagine if we had that drug available in the 80s. Yeah. Well, a lot of my friends would still be alive if yeah we did. And so, there's such a yeah. stigma. I don't use words like clean. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. Mm. Like people are not clean. Yeah. There's a lot of stigma still around HIV. Oh, I hate that term. <laughs> it's just so. Um, but it's it's just so violent. I mean, it's I don't even know any way to say it. It's such a cruel, disgusting word in the context of discussing sexual health. Because what does it really mean? Like, what are you really saying? People living with HIV are dirty or well, malaligned. Less than. I mean, it's like, or or even when we talk about STIs, which is important to talk about as well. We do not use the D. We use the I word. D is for disease. Yeah. I is for infection. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what I love about New York City is Dr. Dimitri Daskalakis has rebranded all of our STD clinics uh-huh. and has rebranded them as sexual health clinics. Sure. So that people have a different relationship to the idea of walking into a building and saying, I would like to get tested or I need some help or there's something burning and itching down there and I want some help I mean, without when, stigma or shame. When I was in Indiana, right, um, I, well, I was in, in grad school and I had caught the chlamydia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, it's like there is a little, if you, you I don't know if you've ever had chlamydia. Oh, yeah. So, um, several times. It's in your penis and it feels like there's like the, uh, there's like, it's like a little bug. It's got like nails and it's trying to crawl. Out. It's, it's absolutely horrible. Ouch. But then it used to be called, you know why it was called the clap? Mm-mm. So somebody told me this, and I don't know if it's folklore, but they used to like put penises in books and close the book to like get the. I I I, didn't I think that. that might be folklore, wow. but the things that. you pick up. But I remember feeling so much shame about about the concept of even going to a clinic. Yeah, and so we've really like equated this thing about. STIs with being, quote, like, promiscuous, mm-hmm. right? Dirty, slutty. That it's well, a, it's a, a sign of weakness or, or a characterological flaw. Sure. And I say to people, so if you go out to a different restaurant every night and really enjoy the experience of putting so many different flavors and tastes and textures into your sure. mouth... And you end up with food poisoning and you get sick Mm -hmm. and you need to go to the doctor, the emergency room, because you can't function. Mm -hmm. Are you going to be called a dirty foodie? Are we going to, you know, we don't, we don't dirty foodies, those lower ciders. Yeah. They're all like, we don't do that. We build reality shows to these folks. We give them TV channels that are built around enjoying food. Well, there's something we put it on the category of like, like things like sex. Um, We put that on the really bad category. Right. Instead of like really having conversations earlier on about making informed decisions and things like consent, we don't have those conversations. Right. I, Why don't we approach STIs with the same compassion that we would if somebody gets food poisoning or if someone plays a sport and gets injured or gets hurt skiing or, or playing football? We generally show compassion and like, okay, I'm sorry you're hurt. Let me help you feel better. But sure. if it's gonorrhea or chlamydia, you're like, mm-hmm. you're dirty whore. You need to change your ways. It's ridiculous. And you're by the way... dirty whore. Isn't the, <laughs> didn't like the Truvada, it was like... Truvada whore? That was me. <laughs> Did you invent that? No. But that was you. So in November of 2012, I got invited to uh-huh. go on to the Huffington Post Live to talk about Truvada for Pret. Sure. And I was like thrilled to do it. And that was sort of my coming out. I mean, that was uh-huh. really, really like just put out into the world. Three days later, one of their reporters came out with the article Truvada whore. Oh, stigmatizing me or, sure. or anybody that was going to use Travada to sure and those HIV messages yeah. like what was that on what news that was Huffington Post Live yeah, okay so but was, the thing is yeah. is that people in Indiana yeah. and 
little, you know, boroughs of Kentucky mm-hmm. have this perception about people that take Truvada. Mm-hmm. You know, I actually, and here's another thing too, I used to work at a clinic where we had, I was doing direct care practice where we were going into people's rooms and we were, um, we were doing sweeps in their rooms because it was a drug and alcohol rehab. And a lot of these people would bring in like needles. They would get through the door. And so I, that was like one. So there was one reason I was in like a non-monogamous relationship, Mm -hmm. but then also it's like, I went to work and if I got stuck with the needle, Mm -hmm. that was always like, it scared the shit out of me. So I was like, and I worked with a lot of people who were intravenous drug users yeah. and, or they use drugs intravenously. See how I just changed the language. <laughs> they use drugs intravenously. And as a result of that, they were, they possibly, they had contracted HIV. Yeah. And so it just put me at a more ease of mind when I was working with somebody, especially when I was going through their stuff. Yeah. It offers that protection. I mean, people forget about the other reasons why people might want to use PrEP. I mean, if you... Yeah. So I want to... So there's, you know, this great... So I feel like we covered the PrEP and we covered... There's the blue turquoise We did, but but I want to go back to one thing. Let's go back. Or just clarify my experience because you talked about the experience of chlamydia and the signs and the symptoms that you had it. But it's important to remember that for those of us that are bottoms, I've only had chlamydia in my butt and had no idea it was there because chlamydia in the butt is usually asymptomatic. You have no like, idea. You don't know it's that there. you're carrying you that around. It. It's no, you and you're. It's too. a. It's like you're it's, just passing it's yeah. So, so I have a lot of clients and friends who went to one of our local clinics in New York City and said, "I want prep." And they got evaluated and the doctor comes back and says, okay, I think you're a great candidate for PrEP and I'm going to treat you for the chlamydia in your butt. And they're like, I don't have chlamydia in my butt. chlamydia in my butt? I had no idea. I wonder how many politicians have chlamydia in their butt. (laughs) Yeah. But the, the irony is that it is because of PrEP that people are getting tested and treated sure. for rectal chlamydia and gonorrhea that's been sitting there asymptomatic maybe for years. And sure. it wasn't until they asked somebody about PrEP that they learned that they had other things that they could do for their so, sexual health. But PrEP gets the blame for being the reason uh, so that those I wanna, have so many STIs. Right. So um, I... What, there was... So... Oh... This is something. So I was on a insurance. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was Care Connect through my job, uh-huh. and the insurance company would not. I had switched insurances, yeah. and they would not. So I, I had a health spendings account, mm-hmm. right? So I go to the CVS to fill the prep, and I'm sitting there, and they're like, "It's going to cost you." you know, twelve sixteen hundred dollars. So the woman the pharmacist is really nice. She's gonna say, let's look for a coupon. So the first one they got the coupon. The second one they were like, you need to um the uh, your insurance does not cover this. So I went and I gave them my health flex spending account card and I went to try to get it reimbursed through that. And they were like, no. So thank God CVS said, we are going to allow you to return it. Cause I didn't, I hadn't opened it. And that's when I quit taking it. When was that? This was back when I had, when I was on care connect insurance. Mm-hmm. And so the thing is, is like, if you have really good insurance, it covers it. Let's blow that myth right now. Let's blow the myth Let's out of the, the myth toilet. Right now. All insurances in the United States cover PrEP. Mm-hmm. It is a myth. I've been doing this seven years so now. So why, why they, would What they... they try to do is dissuade people from using it because some insurance companies will play a cat and mouse game in order to, to dissuade people. 
it is not true. It is not accurate. And if anyone is having trouble with this or needs some help with this, uh-huh. there are navigators available at 1-800-226-2056. Again, Say that again. 1-800-226-2056. They're there Eastern Standard Time, 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. Monday through Friday. A live Eastern Standard, so New York to Indiana, they are there to help you. But I didn't know that. Yes, so this is all through the pharmaceutical company, Gilead. There are sure. assistance programs Which that pay. irony, you- Gilead is the name of the town in The Handmaid's Tale. Oh, yes, I know. I know. What a coincidence. Um, they will pay co-pays. If you have insurance and you have to pay out-of-pocket costs, uh-huh. they will pay up to $7,200 a year for your drug co-pays. Sure. And they can do that like within 10 to 15 minutes of making that call at one 800 If you have no insurance Uh and make less than 500% of the federal poverty level, which is about $62,500, you can get the drug costs for free. We'll cover 100%. You have to do a little paperwork, but they guide you and navigate you through that at a 1-800-226-2056. No insurance. You can get the drug costs covered at 100%. But the insurance companies do pay for it. Uh And they're, I don't know what a better way to say they're lying for the intention of getting people not to take PrEP. Now, that was more well, common in 2015 seen, and 16. I didn't know. Sure. I haven't heard as much of that happening I just, today. I stopped taking it. And oh. I, uh, See, that's what they were talking mm-hmm. that, But that's, that, that frustrates me because that's what they're trying to get people to do. And there are people who have acquired sure. HIV in that position. And some of them are in the group and they talk about that. Sure. Um, but that is what the insurance companies were doing at the beginning when mm-hmm. they were pushing back against people using PrEP is then promoting people becoming HIV positive. I mean, we need to make sure this is covered. It's also like you're a therapist. Mm-hmm. I'm a therapist. Mm-hmm. And I walked around without health insurance for like a year. Because, mm. you know, and the when you, I mean, it's a huge thing. This is why we need to make sure people are covered. So I was talking to this person the other day and they were talking about, they didn't understand why, because I guess there was something about like if um, you know Elizabeth Warren gets elected, then they're going to raise you know the sales tax on restaurants. I don't know, you know, it was like Yahoo.com, you know. But getting into the conversation with that, people were like, no, they were just like, we don't. Why are we paying for other people's? you know, healthcare, and it always went back to this, you know, these illegal, these, I hate the word aliens, Mm. and I hate the word illegal. And I always, like, do they know what Medicaid is? Well, Do they understand how that works? They're like, well, I, you know, was, I'm paying for everybody else. But the thing is, is that when we put money into things like healthcare, and then you people are getting checked regularly and then they a lot of times people if you are right sick you're going to have to get on disability and you're going to be on those programs anyway mm-hmm. and so the important piece is i think it's we need to educate we really need to cover healthcare for people. People should not be walking around without being having at least some sort of coverage. And to me, it's a greater issue beyond just healthcare for all because what the, that position you're describing automatically assumes that there is a them versus us, that we are separated beings. And sure. we believe that we are interconnected, that it's very important we see that we are a we. And that we think about our health and other people's bodies' health as all one and the same. Well, we're sitting in the same room. Right. But for the those people, right, that sit in the space, like I'll give you an example. So my daughter, um, she had cystic fibrosis, mm-hmm. which is like if you could go bankrupt – like one visit, so how, how much do you think a visit for 30 days in a hospital is? I can't begin to imagine. Just 200,000? 200,000, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How much do you think uh, it is in, because she moved over to Ireland, mm-hmm. right? How much do you think that the bill is for a non-Irish citizen to get 
how much was the bill that she got in Ireland? Yeah, as not a citizen. Oh, um, two hundred dollars. It was it was like seven hundred. Okay, but still, that's, that's manageable, different. That's right? Different from People should 000. not have to die for health care. Yeah. And so, you know, that's a whole other topic, yeah. but I want to... Well, and in New York City, right? Well, Think about the... the subways. We are piled on top of each other in subways. So it makes sense for everyone to be able to have access to doctors and be able to see a doctor if they're sniffing or coughing yeah, or because that's or oozing. that's how an epidemic... I mean, but those people out there on connected. the farm, they're saying, well, you shouldn't live in a city like New York. <laughs> Do they want us to move on to the farm? No, I mean they don't want they don't want us. They don't want you know queers on their farms, right? Mm-hmm. They don't want us on their farms. Mm-hmm. I can say that because I'm a part of mm-hmm. that community, mm-hmm. and I identify I mean, as queer. I, well, I can, and and I do understand for people who live in rural areas why they would question this, why they would say, okay, I'm struggling every month, every Mm -hmm. week, every year. I'm struggling to make ends meet and I'm struggling to provide a better life for my kids than I had for myself. So why, quote, should I be interested in those dirty whores in New York City who are decadent and, you know, you know, sluts why 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 should i have to pay well, for their health care they don't think about in those small communities that there's things going on right and the their boys you know the come into the big cities and not like having maybe they didn't receive the ti- they didn't receive a full education mm-hmm. they still think condoms are used for not creating a baby right yep I mean, it's really is, but something I I do want to discuss is, you know, I, and I have my own bias about it, even though, I mean, I'm a totally supporter of prep, Mm -hmm. but I wonder, so there are those who argue and maybe something that you can spread. And that's one of the reasons that I wanted you to be on the show is specifically this issue of people think that creating greater levels of promiscuity so that's an argument um or creating people are engaging in unsafe sex another argument is is that people are saying um we didn't know that the aids crisis was going to happen right Mm -hmm. and so shouldn't we use condoms knowing that condoms are effective and then there's some people that would argue like, well, maybe it's just like prep is, it's like saying don't use condoms. Ooh, okay. Right? Like don't use condoms. You can, like if you use prep, you're going to be, but there's other things like hepatitis, which these things are curable. Hepatitis. Do condoms prevent hepatitis? I mean, it can lower your risk. Right? Mm. Okay. I mean, it, 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 you're, it can lower your rest. Well, the, the, okay, so which one of those do we start with? I mean, you, I'm you, just you, saying, you, that, so let's, let's start with the, the first one okay. about more promiscuity. Okay, so let's think about what people are saying. First of all, I don't know what promiscuity is. So, you know, well, you ask 100 people So it's the what that means. people are sleeping around, uh-huh. they, you know. Well, see, I don't sleep around. I kick them out. They, they can't sure. sleep over. I have sex with a lot of different people without condoms, but I ain't sleeping sure. with nobody. So there's like a religious, you know, like the religious component. Okay. But like it creates people, which I know this is not true. Like mm-hmm. people are going to fuck if they're going to fuck. Well, how did you and I and everybody listening to this get here? Unless you were created in a lab, you got here because people fucked without condoms. Look around. Look at the world population. Sure. Pretty much everybody on the earth right now got mm-hmm. here because somebody preferred to have sex without condoms. It's kind of how we've evolved and why we're still here. Sure. And I'm not like, I'm just saying from their point of view and right. their perspective that using like, it's making people sloppier. Okay. That's the argument. So, so they see a cause and effect relationship. So let's look at that scientifically if we can. 
I would ask you, Richie, what if we had a time machine and we could go back 20 years to New York City and honestly ask men who are sexually active with other men how frequently they were using condoms 20 years ago before we had PrEP or anything like that? Mm-hmm. How often were they using or how consistently were they using condoms 20 years ago? What do you think the answer? If people were being honest, what do you think the answer would be? I mean, I would say that they weren't. Basically not. Now, I don't have a time machine. Dr. Don Smith at the CDC. He does. She does. She She went back. (laughs) Sorry, Donna Summer. Don Don Smith. She went back. Sorry, Don. She analyzed the data that was coming out of HIV vaccine trials during 1998 to 2001. And in order to be in a vaccine trial, you have to be considered to be... pretty high risk of acquiring HIV. She saw that back then around New York City and around the United States, Mm -hmm. vaccine participants only reported using condoms 16, 1-6, 16% of the time 20 years ago. So it was very unstable. It was very inconsistent. And if they weren't using them 20 years ago, when, when, you know, HIV was still clear and present danger and, and threat to your quality and quantity of life why the hell do we think people especially young people are going to use them consistently in 2019 when we do have prep and we do have the biomedical advancements sure. that you equals you it's not rational and we don't hold straight people to the same standards sure and but i think the messaging is is that you're not people who advocate for prep even myself are not saying don't use condoms. I don't tell people what to do with their bodies. I right. have no authority to tell people what they should. Sure. Hence my whole book, Absolutely Shouldless. I can't tell anybody. And I talked about this issue in uh-huh. Absolutely Shouldless. Um, it was before PrEP, but I talked about the failure of the condom messages in 2000s in the 90s. Sure. We were telling people they should use condoms. Telling people what they should do usually creates an opposite and resistant reaction. Right. It's like when your mom says, you need to. Yeah. Or it's the, you, you should do drugs. You should do you a follow-up book called... You shouldn't have condomless you, sex. You yeah. Know, this is the message people give. And the fact is, gay and bisexual men prefer, overall, most prefer anal mm-hmm. sex without condoms. And it there's many better. reasons for that. It feels better. There's also a psychological and spiritual component to feeling connected and bonded with another human being. Mm-hmm. And that's natural. That's sure. not related. That didn't just change because of the AIDS crisis in the 80s. That's that's a natural part of humanity and history. Well, I think we created such a stigma about HIV. Well, we created fear. And to be fair, that was absolutely necessary during the time. I don't know about you, but I came out in the late 19, mid late 1980s. Sure. When having sex without a condom truly could directly result in a painful, excruciatingly traumatic death. Sure. AIDS was real. So we reacted to that. And as someone who was volunteering, sure. we reacted to that by mm-hmm. trying to get people so afraid that they would use condoms. And it wasn't that much of a hard sell because people were dying around us regularly. Sure. But once we approached 1996, we started mm-hmm. to see the availability and accessibility mm-hmm. and affordability of life-saving, changing HIV medications so that HIV was no longer a death sentence sure. automatically from 1996 onward. And I mean, people have... Are living forever with... Well, today, the life expectancy of someone living with HIV is no longer significantly less than someone who's HIV negative. Sure. It's just not. We have... That's that's a credit to our medical community. So if we expect people to Mm -hmm. react with the same fear and put up barriers to intimacy, pleasure, and connection today, the way we expected them to do it 30 Mm -hmm. years ago, which was still pretty shaky then... Sure. It just doesn't make logical sense. People Uh were not using condoms consistently, even during the worst of the AIDS crisis. If they were, we would have seen an eradication of this disease by the millennium, as we were trying to do. We would have seen the eradication of the HIV crisis by the year 2000. Many of us were working toward that, but we never got there because people were not using condoms consistently and they weren't going to start. Sure. And I think it's, uh, I think it is really important to say that while there has been some, uh, would we say failure, Mm -hmm. like uh, prep has done more good than it it outweighs the harm. Yes. But you do have people that have, that were taking prep and they became HIV positive. How many? 
I, uh, three, three cases, right. right? Three. I saw that. Three. Oh, three. There are three. Do you think that... Out of at least about 465,000 people in the world have been using PrEP at some point over the last seven years. Sure. Seven years, yeah. Um, and there's only three who have acquired HIV with verified adherence to the drug. Uh-huh. You know how many people were killed by lightning last year in the United States alone? Sure. That's like less than, well, let's do the math. So three, we're just going to do. You know how many people get killed in the Flatiron so area where we are sitting divided right by how many? Three divided by 465,000. 465,000. Yeah. That's 0.000006455. And if you yeah. round it up, it would be 0. 0.000065. I mean, that's less and than how a many percent. people have died in this neighborhood while crossing the street in the last six months? I mean, I almost got hit on the way, you right. know. right. right. Which would have been tragic, but if that had happened, and I hope it never does, we sure. wouldn't have labeled you or pathologized you and said, see, those New Yorkers shouldn't be crossing the street. Sure. We wouldn't be focusing on that because it's a really unfortunate, scary part of living here, but it does happen. And we accept the risk when we cross the street every day. There's three people out of 465,000. Uh-huh. So yeah, this is why I and anybody responsible is not going to say that PrEP protects HIV by 100%. But if we say 99% or greater, I mean, that it's is much pretty more damn accurate. That's high. pretty damn. And then in science and medicine, that is so rare to hear that any drug works 99% of the time or more. That is just such a rare thing. Sure. That was so much higher than what they were anticipating they were going to see when they started these studies sure. in 2007. So I have another just kind of, I'm sure you've seen these advertisements for these law firms that are now. Yeah taking on prep because they said, you know, some of the side effects of is liver bone, right? Now nope. you're shaking your nope. head now. Nope, 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 mm. nope, nope, nope. So what, nope, nope. what, what, so. Okay. I'm going to try to say it. It's kind of complicated, but let me break this down. Uh-huh. In 2001. Uh-huh. We go back in history a little bit. Gilead, the pharmaceutical company had Mm -hmm. the option to develop two different drugs for HIV treatment, not prevention. They weren't even thinking about prevention. Sure. They were just thinking about HIV treatment, keeping people alive. Right. So they were looking at two drugs. One was Mm -hmm. Truvada. One was Discovi. 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 The turquoise pill. Turquoise pill The turquoise pill. They had the the ability. They had the science. They had the formula, the chemistry. They Mm -hmm. could have developed that pill in 2001. Instead, they went forward and developed Trivada. Uh-huh. So they developed Trivada. Trivada was approved by the FDA in 2004 for HIV treatment and then HIV prevention in 2012. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, Discovi was later developed and uh-huh. FDA approved for HIV treatment in 2016 and was just approved for prevention in 2019. Sure. Discovi is now proven to deposit less of the drug in your kidneys than Travada. Sure. Travada is a pretty power. Can I tell you the funny story? So when I was started taking Travada and I went to my doctor, went and got it filled at the pharmacy, and I was like, I'm going to pop this baby at lunch, set an alarm on my phone to remind me every day, right? I get to the gym... I almost shit my pants. It was very, you know. Sorry. But not to say everybody might have it, but I'll tell you what, I was running home, running home. Well, that is very rare, but it happens. I mean, some people have startup side effects, but let me go back to the story. But it went away. It went away. It goes away. Mm -hmm. We now know, medically Mm -hmm. speaking, that Discovy deposits less of the drug in your kidneys than Travada, which is why a lot of people are switching to it now. You asked me that earlier. Why are people switching? Mm -hmm. Because there is less of the medication that has to be processed by the kidney than Travada. That has not been a problem for people who are using Travada to prevent HIV, but it has been an issue. And some people who are living with HIV who have been taking Travada in combination with other medications in order to be undetectable and to save their lives. Do you think it's the law firm's way of 
discounting Truvada? Like, who's behind that? So, well, the person who's funding this, it's no secret. It's public. It's, it's Michael Weinstein of the AHF. That's public. The, 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 the original lawsuit originated in Los Angeles and was see, being this funded is, see, by the are, AIDS Healthcare Foundation. So this is, like, important. Yeah. And I think when we look, and it's very important that this is facts, mm-hmm. that we know who's funding the lawsuit. Yes. Because nobody cares about a bunch of gay men. The general public does not. Yes, and if people want to do their homework, they can go back and they could see that uh-huh. Michael Weinstein publicly has Who decried. is Michael Weinstein? Michael Weinstein is the CEO of the AIDS Healthcare Foundation, the largest um, global um, HIV service agency. Who, by sure. the way, they do incredible work. I don't want to discount the work. So of the why are they? There. But their head of their CEO has been anti-prevention strategies, including vaccine research, going way, why? way, way back. That would be speculative, and I'm not going to speculate. Well, but I'm want- going to just tell you what the facts are. The facts are he has publicly written many, many editorials against PrEP when it was approved. Actually, before it was approved, he, he rallied against the FDA approving it in 2012. He mm. also has opposed HIV vaccine science and research. And if you go back to the LA Times archives on April 4th, 2008, you if can you, read an editorial he wrote against vaccines, HIV vaccines. And I'm so confused. So you're the head of an organization that treats is, HIV treats HIV and you're rallying against all prevention strategies because I now, well I'm gonna because is a speculation well, I'm not gonna speculate I'm going way. to okay so lay person here if I wanted let's just put it out there if I wanted to no well let's give another example so there was a company that made this drug called Oxycontin mm-hmm. And who was the drug who also made Narcan? Mm-hmm. Fact, fact, fact. And they're actually being sued right now. It's to keep people reliant. Drug companies don't want cures, they mm-hmm. want to keep us reliant. And so that would, and I'm making the assumption if he wants to come on the show. Mr. Who? What's his name? Michael Weinstein. He lives in Los Angeles. Michael Weinstein. If yeah. you want to come on the show and talk about why you're so anti-prep, we'll talk about that. But the thing is, is if I wanted to keep my clientele, because drugs lose, right, their patents, this is, yeah. I'm going down, Absolutely. this may be a conspiracy theory, but Ooh. something, I'm just connecting yeah. dots here then that would mean that I would be losing customers if, right? So the patent theory is actually has to do with a different lawsuit that's going on. Sure. um, That's being leveraged against Gilead right now. And that's actually separate from those crazy lawsuits you're seeing on on Mm -hmm. Facebook right now. Mm -hmm. The lawsuits that have taken off on Facebook and social media have to do with the allegation that Travada harms mm-hmm. the kidneys, the bones, the liver, and all this sure. stuff, which is not medically substantiated. But the, where this lawsuit was derivative from uh-huh. was when two people funded by AHF, and this is documented in Los Angeles, two people living with HIV mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. are suing the manufacturer Gilead because they're saying, because you developed Travada first... You knew that Discovy was going to deposit less of the medication into my kidneys. So but you went ahead and developed the patent for Travada first. Because you chose to develop oh, so the patent first. So they're saying that Travada was acting and they were acting in kind of ignorance. They were acting with, with um, malintention, malintention. By, by deciding to develop the mm-hmm. patent for Travada before Discovy mm-hmm. that they had proof that this drug did was harder on the kidneys than Discovy, but they went ahead and developed it anyway before Discovy could become developed and available. That is the basis of the lawsuit. And I think that actually is an interesting discussion to have. And I'm glad it's being discussed legally instead of in sure, the court of social media. Sure, but you know what? These people at the top of these companies, you think that they, you know, like there's... Well, and that's also a thing. Why is Truvada being so generous? Okay, well, but 
I just want to say one thing, though. Mm -hmm. So what I'm saying it, about this lawsuit... We're just going deeper and deeper. But what this lawsuit has nothing to do with PrEP. It has everything to do with the allegations that are based on the impact of the drug on sure. people who are living with HIV. People mm -hmm. who are HIV positive, not PrEP. The side effects have not been seen for but people who But that's the use messaging. PrEP. I know that's the messaging. So with it's this like, lawsuit, so, uh, those ambulance I, chasers so, are saying, Travada's going to kill your bones. Let's so make money. I was like... You know, when you get, like, you're watching the news. Like, I can watch so much CNN, mm -hmm. right? And uh, do you want to hear a funny story? So, sure. back in the day, I was getting so overwhelmed. And for some reason, it was like Megyn Kelly. I have, like, an obsession. I like John McCain. God bless it. He's resting now. But I used to have an obsession about Cindy McCain. I love these, like, blonde women. And I love Megyn Kelly. Like, I would tune into Fox and watch Megyn Kelly. But then it was like, all this, like, stuff started getting in my head. And there were all these holes in my brain about Hillary Clinton. Mm -hmm. And I had, like, this such, like, I was like, I just hated her for some reason. And then I had this dream that she and I were lying in bed together naked. And that we forgave each other for hating each other. But... The thing is, is the messaging, you know, it's that we don't, we're limited in our information. So since then, I don't watch Fox News anymore. But if you're watching like CNN, you're listening, I mean, NPR is great. But when you're, it's what shows up on our news feeds. And so it really calls upon all of us. To, to be aware educate. and critical of what we're seeing mm. on news feeds. Hence why I am so strict and often criticized for being strict about facts and empirically driven I information I know, you're like, the, you're like the, the stick waver and you like will be like, well, look, you have to I, be. Because I'm not, I don't have money. I don't get paid for this. I'm not an organization. I'm not an agency. No. I'm not a corporation. I'm not a conglomeration. I have no budget for this. But the one thing I can do, the one thing I can do as an individual. Sure. With a Wi-Fi connection and a lot of coffee, when I probably don't need the coffee, um, is to make sure that there's one space in sure. social media that people can see through the bullshit and get information about those bullshit fake lawsuits that are there to deter people from using PrEP. They, they're there to scare people and deter people from taking control of their sexual health and having the kind of, quote, promiscuous sex that we were talking we're about earlier. We're having church up in here, people. You know, I have the ability to do one thing and one thing only, and that is to provide this space sure. in Facebook so that if people want facts, this is where they can come to get them. There's anybody else can start a group anywhere else and say anything they want, and I guess Facebook is now really into supporting fake facts and supporting lies uh -huh. because their founder just recently said that that is what he's going to do. So I'm thinking Facebook is not maybe the welcoming platform for my information. Well, no, but I mean... I'm going to fight for it as sure. long as I can. Well, and I think it's, it's important, right? I mean, we do... I mean, that's no... That's a fact. Mark Zuckerberg... Some people call him Mark Fuckerberg. He's sitting. I wouldn't compliment and, him like that. To me, that'd be a compliment. I, I don't mean, want to I think he's him. an alien. But I mean, the thing is, is that well, I mean, he's not an alien. He's the person with the soul. That is, I mean, he may have lost it. Along he the may. Way. I think he lost it a long time ago. But the yeah. thing is, is like what people see online is not necessarily fact. And there's no things that are perfect, but. This drug, these two drugs, the blue pill and the turquoise pill, they make it possible so that people are not having to contract. It's making it safer. So, yes. And it also breaks down stigma, especially if you're in a um, non serio converted relationship right right where one person is hiv positive and the other person is not hiv positive right. now of course medically speaking if you have a partner who's living with hiv and undetectable you can't get hiv from them anyway sure but if you're a slut like me um you what you are sexually active with other people and you don't always know their hiv status so it's mm -hmm. important that if someone wants to be in full control of their sexual health that they consider using prep whether it's daily prep or the on demand dosing strategy that the mm -hmm. New York City Department of Health recommends, 
whichever strategy works for you, whichever drug works for you, that you find mm-hmm. the regimen and the drug that works for you. And you guys now have in your group, how many members are a part of Prep Facts? So we now have 21,300 plus international members. That's inter, like that's United States, Canada, and the whole all world, over the world. Over the whole mm-hmm. world. Um, okay. We now have an average of four to thousand to five thousand visits every day, and our peak last week we actually hit our all time record according to Facebook Analytics. We had six thousand eight hundred forty seven visits on on one day, and that's the most we've ever had in a single day. It's good. It's so exciting. Yeah, it's like right. I mean, I it's like a job. I know. <laughs> I'm like always me, seeing you on there. I'm like, does she me, like work? Does she like sit on Facebook all day? Addiction, passion. It's a really thin line. Um, or it's kind of, it feels like the child I don't have. So I don't have a child. I don't have a pet, but I have this project that I can't get away from for like. Well, I think it's important. And I yeah. think it's like, and that's why this podcast is important yes. because it's important to educate. And so also for the folks that are sitting in those corners of the, even the United States where we're sitting, you know, it's so important that people have access to information. So if you go up on the page, on the Facebook page and be posting shoulds or need tos (laughs) or information, you can't, you don't have a fact to support it. You might get, you might get corrected but what we do encourage are questions or, or sure. fears or saying i heard this from my friend or some guy on grinder hurt my feelings and he told I mean, me these uh, things were true sometimes we you're like kind of stuff you're like some people like i'm a part of this like cat group and people uh-huh. will just like some woman posted like my cat my younger cat keeps on attacking my older cat and you're like no honey it's just like playing right the cat will like grow up anywho you might think these questions are so like, oh, here we go. But I think like for some people, they're asking because one, they don't know. Mm-hmm. Two, they f- there's a fear, mm-hmm. right? We're yeah. not living in their world. Right. So it's really I mean, there's important. There's so much fear out there. So I feel it's an honor to be asked questions, even if it's mm-hmm. the same question I've answered 100,000 fucking times. I'm really happy when somebody asks a question because I take every, I give everybody the benefit of the doubt and put mm-hmm. everybody in good faith. If they're asking a question, it's because they want a serious answer. Sure. And that's what we are. We are therapists. Yes. And I'm happy and to do that. And that's what we do. I just want to be really clear, though, about the side effects because we brought up the issue of side yes. effects. So I just want to be clear. Let's, People come and, to the group. And then we're going to take it home. See it. We'll take it at home kidneys let's talk about kidneys kidneys one in 200 people may have kidney changes while using daily Travada for prep so mm-hmm. far it's only cisgender men over the age of 40 almost all of whom had a coexisting medical condition and for some of that group Descovy might be a better option it has not impacted bone density. We have mm-hmm. now been studying this for 12 years. It does not mm-hmm. have a significant impact on fractures and bone mm-hmm. density. And it has no impact on the liver. It is not processed by the liver. The World Health Organization is very clear on this. Not impacting the liver. It is processed by the kidneys. It's the kidneys that we want to keep an eye on. It's the kidneys sure. that your doctor is going to be looking at when they take your blood at least twice a year. They're going to be looking at your kidney functioning, especially if you're over the age of 40. Sure. And with Discovy, it looks like these very, very small risks mm-hmm. are even lessened. But, but Discovy might have some additional risks that Travada does not related to increases mm. in cholesterol and weight gain. Mm-hmm. That's why I personally am waiting for the CDC and the World Health Organization mm-hmm. to evaluate the research and the data and to form conclusions and evaluations based on that before mm-hmm. I make that switch from Travada to Discovery. Because facts, facts matter. Prevent ignorance. Yeah. And it takes away our bias. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it's just saying, this is why when I talk about PrEP, Mm-hmm. It's pre-exposure for prophylaxis, but for many of us in the group, it means proactive, responsible, empowered pleasure. Mm. And no matter proactive, what doing, empowered, responsible pleasure. pleasure. Whether they're using Travada, Discovy, whether they're using it daily or for the on-demand two-one-one strategy, mm-hmm. I just or whether they're using condoms or some mix of all of those. I just, just want people to be proactive, responsible, and empowered about how they seek pleasure and protection. Mm-hmm. If I've done that, then I've done my job. Then you, yes, this is this is great. Yeah. So if you, after listening, if you want to connect with Damon, 
you can go to his website, uh, HTTP colon forward slash forward slash Damon, D-A-M-O-N, L, what's your middle name? Lance. Lance. Don't forget the L. Damon L. Jacobs dot com. Yeah. Or if you want to hop in and get in on the conversation of prep, you can go to the Facebook group and it's just Prep Facts. Prep Facts Rethinking HIV Prevention Oh yeah, because that's like a huge and it's all those name. Yeah. Rethinking HIV, HIV Prevention and Sex. And S-E-X. Right. You know, I uh, one person I do want to interview is a phone, a phone sex operator. Ooh. If you know anybody. Oh, well, I, Mark King. I want to. Mark King is. is he is a still former, does it? No, he doesn't still do it, but he did it. Um, he, he writes and talks a lot about doing this. Is he um, in, in New York? 80s. He's in Baltimore. Oh. But he visits us at least once a year. Okay. He's a brilliant and he's a long-term survivor and a prep advocate. I would and, love and he's to fierce and he's funny and he's loud and he'll really entertain you. People say I have yeah. a sexy voice. He wrote the article that I refer to all the time. Your mother did it bareback. She did do it bareback. Which is talking about how mm-hmm. gay men and our our fucking habits are natural and normal, but we only call it something different when it's Sure. Yeah. So anywho, so, yeah. again <laughs> you go to Damien, Damon Jacobs, J- Damon L. L. Jacobs <laughs> with an S, or go on the prep facts, rethinking, blah, 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 HIV blah, blah. You'll see sex. it. Yeah. And so hop in there and, you know, educate, or maybe it's important to educate your friends. So thank you, Damon. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you for this opportunity. Yeah. yeah. So. Next week, I will be, if you are in the New York City area and would like to be a guest on the show, please feel free to reach out to me. Um, Or uh, if you have a burning question, and next week I'm going to be answering some questions from a group of listeners, and I want to thank you for writing in, and it just, it really makes it, you know, the questions, I really try to group them together. So if you written, know that I haven't forgotten you, I just haven't found a way to put it into the podcast yet. So, um... My name is, until next time, please take care of yourself and each other. And if you have an animal, it was recently uh, cat awareness, cat, be proud of your cat day, you know. Um, So give a hug to your cat or your dog or your gerbil. But don't stick your gerbil (laughs) up your anus because if you stick your gerbil up your anus, it will suffocate I don't even know if that's so. If you know anybody that practices that, I would love to have them on the show. It's another folklore. I think Peta would uh, not be happy. So, again, my name is Doctor Richard Mills, and you have been listening to Talk Sex with Dick.